The Westminster Confession of Faith was first published in 1646. It was the result of the hard work done by a group of men called the Westminster Divines. Their goal was to outline what they believed the Scriptures principally taught. And it has been said that the Church of Christ cannot be creedless and live. Thankfully, the Westminster Confession of Faith has been the creed of the Reformed Church for almost 400 years. This podcast seeks to point you to Christ, to help you navigate the Westminster Confession of Faith, and to see you understand what you believe and why you believe it. Welcome to This We Confess. Westminster Confession of Faith, Chapter 25, Of the Church, Paragraph 3. Unto this Catholic visible Church, Christ hath given the ministry, oracles, and ordinances of God for the gathering and perfecting of the saints, in this life to the end of the world, and doth by his own presence and spirit, according to his promise, make them effectual there on too. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of This We Confess. Today we consider the gifts that God himself has given to the church. And if we are honest with ourselves right now, the church is not always a place that we long to be. Over this past year or so under lockdown, some of us have got out of the way of going to our local church and frankly and sinfully, perhaps we have not missed it. I pray indeed that that attitude, if it exists, will quickly change, because the Church of Jesus Christ is a very special place indeed. We've heard already in this podcast that the Church is Catholic or universal, it is worldwide in its scope. We've heard that she is invisible, made up of all of those who have been saved, are being saved and will be saved. And also the Church is visible. It is a tangible thing that you see in your towns and villages and cities, certainly all across this land. So the church is Catholic, invisible, and visible at the same time. And today, as we read in paragraph 3, the church has been given by Christ the ministry, oracles, and ordinances of God. This immediately should cause us pause, that Christ has given to the visible church multiple gifts. If Jesus has given these things to his church, then these things must be taken seriously. If Jesus has given gifts to his church, then the fellowship that you go to tomorrow morning is a very significant meeting indeed. Sometimes we treat the church as if it is an option. We go to Sainsbury's or we go to Tesco's. We go to the gym or perhaps out of guilt we sit at home and eat donuts. Lifestyle choices abound in our lives. And sometimes we treat the church just like another one of those. But the church of Jesus Christ is not a lifestyle choice. But the church is the body of Christ. He is the head of the church. Jesus has died for his bride, the church. And he has given to the visible church many gifts. If this is the case, as it surely is, then our fellowships need to be taken seriously and perhaps we need to place them in a higher priority than we currently do. Jesus has given multiple gifts to the visible church. And what are those gifts? They are the ministry, 
the oracles and ordinances of God. Christ has given ministers to his church. These are men called by Jesus himself to take the office of minister to help strengthen and build the church of Jesus Christ. We see this in Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 11 to 13 where Paul writes, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And later in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 28, Paul writes, God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. So we see here that Jesus has called men to minister in his church. And Ephesians 4 outlines the work of the minister. They are to equip the saints. Therefore, as the saints, the Christian people in a local fellowship, sit under the word read and preached, they are being strengthened in their faith and they are being equipped to go into the world and to stand and to live for Jesus. Not only are they to equip the saints, but such men are to do the work of ministry. They are to preach and to teach the word faithfully. They are to defend it against error and heresy. They are to pray for the church and the people of the flock. They are to do the work of the evangelist. Christ has given such men to his church to equip the saints and to do the work of ministry. And not only that, they are to build up the body of Christ as they faithfully carry out their ministry the church of Jesus Christ, the body, will be built up. And all of this leads to the fellowship attaining to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus. Christ has given us the ministry. Christ has equipped his church with ministers. And the goal for that is that the church would grow, reach maturity and be sanctified. Jesus has given gifts to his church and he has given us the ministry, but he has also given us oracles. When we speak in this way, what we are talking about is the word of God. Brothers and sisters, each one of us will be incredibly blessed tomorrow as we go to our local fellowship where the word is read and preached. Indeed, the word will no doubt be in the pew. And indeed, as you gather and have in your handbag your own copy of the Bible or on your phone your own version of an electronic Bible, what a blessed people we are. God has given us the ministry and he has given us the oracles of God from Genesis to Revelation. The Apostle Paul would say in Romans 3, What advantage has the Jew or what is the value of circumcision? Much in every way. To begin with, says Paul, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. So clearly, as far as the apostle was concerned, the Old Testament, entrusted to the Jews and passed down through the generations, were the oracles of God. But more than that, today we have been blessed with the complete canon. And so the oracles given to the Jews were joined by the oracles that we have in the New Testament. Genesis through to Revelation is the word of God and all scripture, says Paul in 2 Timothy, is God-breathed. And indeed, just as it is God-breathed, he would say in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16 that it is profitable for teaching, 
for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. It's no wonder that in verse 14, Paul would urge Timothy to continue in what he had learned and had firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So in the very next chapter, Paul urged Timothy to preach the word, to be ready in season and out of season, to reprove, to rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For a time was coming, says Paul, when people would not endure sound teaching, but would have itchy ears and accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. God has given us the ministry, and entrusted to those men are the oracles of God, from Genesis to Revelation, which is to be preached openly and freely without fear and favour, for all scripture is breathed out by God, making the hearers wise unto salvation and growing them up in the faith as they receive Christ. And so as Christians, we can be truly thankful for the ministers that the Lord has sent to serve the church. And not only that, but the ordinances of God. We have heard the word read. We have heard it preached. We have sat in Bible studies. We have been taught the word of God from childhood. And if these things were not enough, the Lord, say the divines, has also given us the ordinances. Here the Westminster divines speak of the ordinary means of grace. Whenever we gather, we attend to those means. We come to the Lord's Supper. We come to the waters of baptism. We hear the word read and we listen to it preached. We pray together as believers. We sing God's praise. We raise our voices and call upon the Lord to move in this world. The Lord has promised that when we gather together, he is in the midst and he has given to the gathered church the ordinances the ordinary means, and we are to see such means as an absolute delight. I think the greatest tragedy of COVID is that because we have not been able to meet publicly, we have grown weary and tired of the ordinary means. We've got out of the habit of going to church. We sit at home and watch a service from somewhere on YouTube. We tune in to the greatest preachers in the world and the biggest churches. We have lost the hunger and desire and appetite to take our place in our local fellowship. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord move mightily in these days. May he forgive us our lethargy and our sin. And may he create in us again a great desire to take our place in the public worship of the local visible church. Jesus Christ has given us gifts. They are from the Lord himself, and therefore they are to be taken seriously. They are to be respected and honoured and embraced. The Lord has given us the ministry, the oracles, and the ordinances of God. And these things have a specific purpose. The Westminster Divines tell us that they are for the gathering and perfecting of the saints. Jesus has told us to go into the world and to make disciples. But how are those disciples made? How is the church to be gathered? Brothers and sisters, it is by the gift and the foolishness of preaching. In Romans 10 and verse 13, we read that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those 
who preach the good news. In Romans 10, the apostle is clear. The gift of preaching is to be used to go into the world proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, and by it and the work of the Holy Spirit, sinners are converted unto Jesus. By these means, the Lord gathers his church, and as the church is gathered, and as men and women and children take their place into the Catholic visible church of Christ, by the ordinary means of grace, they are perfected. Now we fully understand that perfection for the Christian is not attained until glory, but in this life we are to be sanctified. The Lord is at work in us. He has started the work and he will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. It is a work of grace and it is a work of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord has given us the ordinary means to advance that work. And we can be thankful today that every generation does not need to reinvent the ordinary means of grace. Here in this paragraph, the divines tell us that the Lord has given his church the ministry, the oracles, the ordinances. They will gather and they will perfect the saints in this life to the end of the world. And so we know that these things that God has given us are effective. They will do the task that God has appointed to them. As we read in Matthew 28 and verse 19 to 20, Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So the church of Jesus Christ is a richly blessed body. We have the ministry, we have the oracles, we have the ordinances both today and until Christ returns. The church will be gathered and the church will be perfected. But as we consider these issues, the temptation for us is to think that we must therefore go to a church where these things are done very well. We must attend a church where the ministry is the best. We must demand that the preaching is of a high standard and the sung praise makes us feel as if it's heaven on earth. Brothers and sisters, I am glad to say that the Lord does not set us running on such a race. The Lord has given us the ministry, the oracles, and the ordinances. And you and I are not left to look about and think, well, where are these things done at the absolute highest standard? Because that's my church. It might be 500 miles away, but that's my church. This is not the road that the Lord takes us in. The Lord has given these things to the greatest and to the least of the churches. The Lord has given us the ministry, the oracles and the ordinances in the place where the average age is 117 and in the all-singing, all-dancing, brand new church. The Lord is gracious and has given us the ministry, the oracles and ordinances which are made effective not by the talents and the abilities of humanity, but instead by the Holy Spirit. Paragraph 3 ends with that statement of truth, that the Lord by his own presence and spirit, according to his promise, make these things effectual thereunto. And so our gatherings do not need to be about razzmatazz and shebang. When we are looking for a new church, we should not go in with a list of things that we're absolutely looking for or else. When we go to a new church and look around, we should not be obsessed with stuff which isn't that important eternally. 
Instead, we should go and seek out a fellowship where there is a faithful ministry, where the ordinances of God are observed, and where the oracles of God are believed and preached and taught faithfully. Where these things happen, there the Holy Spirit is, and there the Holy Spirit makes the ministry, the oracles, and the ordinances effective for God's purpose, which is to gather and to build his church. Therefore, brothers and sisters, I beseech you, do not take your fellowship for granted. It may not be as bright and as shiny as that new fellowship that you've heard so much about, and you may not always appreciate the preached word. You may think that your minister really needs to retire. He's quite old now and really you need one of those younger ministers because they never get anything wrong. Brothers and sisters, do not take your local fellowship for granted. Do not treat it with scorn or contempt. Do not believe that in this YouTube age you can worship at home with a fellowship that is a thousand miles away. The local church is a gift to you. And within that local visible Catholic church, there Jesus has gifted us with ministry, oracles and ordinances, made effective by the Holy Spirit to grow us up in the faith. Today is Saturday the 22nd of May. We are hours away from another Lord's Day. Whatever church you call home, go there in the morning with a right attitude. Go there with a smile on your face and with joy in your heart. For you are taking your place amongst the visible church of Jesus Christ. And what takes place there tomorrow is given to us by the Lord himself. And therefore, it is glorious. As always today, here are some questions for you to consider. Question 1. The Westminster Divines speak of Christ giving the church the ministry, oracles, and ordinances of God. Define what we mean by each one of these categories. Question 2. The ministry, oracles, and ordinances of God are given for two distinct purposes. What are those purposes? And defend them biblically. Question 3. Why is it that every generation does not need to reinvent the church? And question 4. Why can we say with confidence that the effectiveness of the ministry, oracles and ordinances of God is not dependent upon the talent of a preacher or the beauty of a choir or the expense of of a building. That's all for today. As always, my name is Scott Woodburn, and until next time, this we confess.